You are Locked On Vols, your daily Tennessee Volunteers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Vols, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here today. We are moving along quickly through the week. Tennessee is getting ready for Vanderbilt coming up on Saturday. We have the Thanksgiving holiday on Thursday. I hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving. Just a quick programming note for you. I won't have a show tomorrow, but I will have one on Friday. I'll put it out either Thursday evening or Friday. So I'll definitely have another show for you before the week ends to get you ready for the Vanderbilt game. I'll do that a little bit today, but more of the talk will be about this season, what Tennessee has been able to do. You'll hear from some of Tennessee's seniors who are going to be running through the tee coming up on Saturday. And I'm going to talk about uh, the game day experience this upcoming weekend. I'm going to hit a mailbag in segment number two, what to do this weekend. Also, there is a question about the momentum Tennessee has created. Is there a little bit of fool's gold? I'm going to answer that coming up in segment number two. That's all right here on Locked on Vols. Plus, in segment number three, we'll have a little fun with what some of Tennessee's players had to say on Tuesday, meeting with the media, talking about the Thanksgiving holiday. I think They'll make you laugh when you hear them in the final segment of today's show. It's Locked On Vols, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available anywhere. You get your podcasts, Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, the third-party apps as well, and you can tell your smart speaker at home to play podcast Locked On V-O-L-S. We were joking on Sports 180 on Tuesday that it's almost like this week there has to be a reminder there is a game coming up on Saturday. With Tennessee beating Missouri this past weekend— it almost felt like Tennessee had clinched a 7-5 and five record, especially with the Vols opening up as such a big favorite against Vanderbilt. And I do think Tennessee's going to win. I would be almost stunned if the Vols lost this upcoming weekend. But I have felt the need to almost offer the reminder that Tennessee has a game coming up this week, and Tennessee does have a Vanderbilt team coming in thinking, you know, we have had a disappointing season, but we could finish with a, another win against Tennessee. We would extend the winning streak to four games. If you think about Vanderbilt's four-year seniors, they have a chance to leave Vanderbilt 4-0 against Tennessee. That has to mean something to them. And I don't say that to scare you because, as I just mentioned, I don't think that's going to happen. But Tennessee's players have to remember that they have a game this week. There's been a celebration of what they've been able to do, and they should be celebrating, I think. But they also have to remember there is a game and they have a team coming in that's probably motivated to knock them off. Now, I also think if Tennessee can get up early against Vanderbilt, Tennessee can maybe run Vanderbilt out of Neyland Stadium. And considering what Vandy has done to Tennessee the last few years, it's not just been Vanderbilt beating Tennessee, it's been Vanderbilt blowing out Tennessee. That's something that Tennessee wants to reverse as well. So I would think Tennessee not only wants to win, but win big against Vanderbilt. And if Tennessee goes out and plays well enough, it probably will. Vanderbilt has six losses in the SEC, one in six in the conference on the year, and all six of those losses have come by at least 17 points. This is a team that can absolutely be blown out. It's just that Tennessee needs to make sure that it's focused on trying to win the game, and if it's focused on trying to win, I think that it can win big. And one reason I am confident that Tennessee will do that is these seniors have been able to keep things together as the year has gone along, and they have not shown many signs of breaking up that consistency that they've been able to find over the last several weeks. Tennessee's not played perfect football. They made mistakes this past week. There, there were penalties. They've had penalty issues at different times this season. They had a turnover and, and block kick issues. So it's not like Tennessee's a top 10 to 15 team. 
But when you think about this group of seniors and the veteran players, Jarrett Garantano, Trey Smith, uh, guys on the defensive side like Latrell Bumpus and Matthew Butler, Darrell Middleton, who's a newcomer, but kind of an older guy on the team, and I can't keep going, I think they're motivated to finish up on a positive note. And that's why I think fans should be confident that that will happen. And you know, Juwan Jennings was meeting with the media on Tuesday, and he's the guy that's about to play his last game at Neyland Stadium. And I think you have a pretty good idea at this point what playing at Tennessee has meant to him. And he talked about getting ready to play his final game at Tennessee and what that means to him. Uh, last home game for us seniors, so it's going to be, you know, a lot of emotions flowing. But just for us seniors, you know, um, it's the last game in Neyland, so we don't want to disappoint um, the fans that come here uh, each and every Saturday. We have a game here, in the, and so we're just uh, ready to go out there and uh, win for them. Juwan Jennings talking about the fans who he has a legitimate appreciation for, and you'll hear him talk about that a little bit later on the show. And if you think about the most recent home games, the game against Mississippi State, Went pretty well, right? The game against South Carolina, blowout win for Tennessee. The game against UAB, that was a comfortable win for the Vols. So things have gone pretty well for Tennessee in the last few games at home, and I'm confident that Tennessee wants to make sure that that is the final note for this 2019 season, at least the 2019 regular season. And right now with the way the offense is playing, Jarrett Garantano getting the ball to Juwan Jennings, Marquez Calloway, and Josh Palmer has started to become what we talked about in the offseason, the potential for the offense with the talented skill position players who are coming back. The Jarrett we're seeing now that we've seen the last few weeks is the Garantano that I think a lot of people, including Tennessee's coaching staff, expected to see back in September. As you know, it's taken some time to get there, but it's there now. And Juwan Jennings and Marquez Callaway are a couple of guys that I think will be on NFL rosters next season. They'll absolutely have an opportunity to be. And what they've been able to do has been kind of unstoppable for opposing defenses. It certainly was for Missouri. And I think Vanderbilt's going to have a tough time against Tennessee and what it's able to do coming up on Saturday as well. There's also the opportunity for what the Vols can accomplish right now. You have the chance to finish 5-3 and three in the SEC. A win on Saturday clinches a winning record for Tennessee. If the Vols were to lose, it'd be a really disappointing 6-6 six and six considering how the last few weeks have gone. But Tennessee could get to 7-5, and five, which means the Vols could get to 8-5. and five. There is also the bowl talk that's out there. And with the speculation, you can find all different kinds of projections of where Tennessee would end up being. But the projections I'm seeing right now have Tennessee in either the Gator Bowl, the Taxlayer Gator Bowl down in Jacksonville, or the Outback Bowl. So the opportunity for a January Bowl in Florida is another added incentive for Tennessee. And I'm seeing all different kinds of teams that Tennessee could play. Minnesota was the projection from Stuart Mandel. He had Tennessee playing in the Outback Bowl against Minnesota in his projection for the Athletic. The two projections I saw from ESPN on Monday, one had Tennessee playing Penn State. The other had Tennessee playing Michigan in the Outback Bowl. And then the Gator Bowl talk is there. Iowa has been brought up. Wisconsin has been brought up as well. So with those bowl games, you would see a Big Ten matchup. And I'm curious what fans would like to see in terms of an opponent. From a storyline standpoint, playing Michigan and head coach Jim Harbaugh or Penn State and James Franklin, I would think would create the most reaction and create the biggest level of interest from fans. And I say that knowing it's been three years since Tennessee went to a bowl game. There's going to be a big buildup 
no matter who the opponent is or really where Tennessee goes for a bowl game. Think about 2014 when Tennessee was able to get to the Tax Slayer Bowl against Iowa and Tennessee fans flooded Jacksonville. You had the impromptu vol walk before the game. It was just a, a huge level of excitement before that game and then the Outback Bowl the next year because of what Tennessee had done to get to that point and also the fact that it had been a few years for Tennessee uh, and, and its last bowl appearance. And I think that applies right now. So no matter what team Tennessee is playing and which bowl Tennessee goes to, you're going to see a lot of orange at that location. But getting to 7-5, and five, closing out with a five-game winning streak in the regular season means you have a chance to get to six when it's all said and done and play some kind of quality opponent, which I think also can be a nice test to see where is Tennessee right now. And I say that because something was brought up by Bill Conley from ESPN and his SP Plus rankings on Monday. I'm going to tell you what Bill wrote as it was brought up to me for the mailbag segment today. I'll get to that coming up next. Does it cause any concern for Tennessee, should it, heading into the 2020 season? That's coming up next right here on Locked On Vols, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network and the show brought to you in part by Roman. Roman can get you a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Just go to GetRoman.com slash locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. And if you can't visit Roman right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcasts.com slash offers. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So for today's mailbag segment, the first question came from Austin, who added in here with the tweets that he shared, give me life again, please. And that was because Bill Conley on Monday noted that a bunch of Tennessee fans had been in his mentions asking if he's ever seen a turnaround like this before. And part of that was in all caps, emphasizing, I think, how much he's heard from Tennessee fans on the subject, the turnaround of this season. Bill then wrote this, quote, Not to be a Debbie Downer, but UT's five FBS wins are against number 36 and falling 43, 47, 49, and 70 in the SP+. So those are the rankings of Tennessee's five FBS wins, according to his numbers. He noted that two of the wins were by four points each, Losses to number 59 and number 104. That was, of course, earlier in the season against Georgia State and BYU. And he also added that Tennessee was outscored by 82 points versus three top 10 teams, that being Florida, Georgia, and Alabama. And then Bill wrote this, Tennessee has absolutely improved. They were 55th after the blowout loss to Georgia, 51st after the blowout loss to Alabama, and now in his numbers, ranked 38th. So they've moved up 13 spots since then. And then he concluded with, all I'm saying is betting your house on the under when win totals come out next year will probably pay off. And what that means is he does not expect this to be some kind of big move in the right direction for Tennessee's football program, at least not immediately 
in 2020. So again, Austin's question, or at least his plea, give me life again, please. Here's what I would offer there. Uh, Bill is probably right to caution, hold on if you're thinking, okay, next year means you win a championship. Tennessee has to replace a number of key players. You know who they are at this point. Guys who have played a big role in Tennessee's turnaround this season, a lot of those guys are gone. What helps is that Tennessee will get its defensive line back next year. Emmett Gooden will return from that torn ACL. The offensive line will likely have to replace Trey Smith, but Brandon Kennedy said on Tuesday in meeting with the media that he will not run through the tee as a senior this weekend because he is going to apply for a sixth year to be able to come back and play for Tennessee next year. He's hoping that the injuries he has dealt with will give him an opportunity to play another year at Tennessee. So with Brandon Kennedy coming back, if that is the case, Wanye Morse, Darnell Wright, K. Ron Calvert, Riley Locklear, Jerome Carvin, guys with eligibility remaining, guys who have seemed to improve, plus linemen coming in, including Cooper Mays from Knoxville Catholic, Tennessee should have an offensive line that's even better next year and a defensive line that's even better next year. And right now, looks like Jared Garantano is going to come back, and I think that's a good thing for Tennessee to have a fifth-year senior who would actually be coming back with an offensive coordinator, uh, the same offensive coordinator in back-to-back seasons for the first time since he's been in college. That would be a positive. Now, the schedule will not be easy, at least not against the big boys. Tennessee has to go to Norman, Oklahoma. Florida will be at home, but it'll be tough. Georgia's on the road. Alabama's at home. But the rest of the SEC schedule should be favorable for Tennessee. Right now, there are legitimate questions about the status of Missouri, South Carolina, Kentucky, and Vanderbilt. And then the other Western Division opponent Tennessee will face is Arkansas. It's on the road, but there is absolutely no way Tennessee should lose to Arkansas next year. So I don't know how much better Tennessee's record will be or should be next year. 7-5 and five or 8-4 and four is a, a real possibility. But Tennessee could do better, and I think that's going to be a possibility. Now, we'll go through the offseason. We'll get to July and August before next season, and the optimism will continue to grow. And, and by kickoff of next season, Tennessee fans will be saying 10-2. and two, Why not? So at that point, I will probably be offering caution here on the show. But right now, I don't think there is too much reason to worry about next year. I would just offer the reminder that Tennessee still does have a good amount of work to do to get to the championship level it aspires to reach. Tennessee's still probably a couple of years away. But uh, to summarize this part of the the mailbag, Austin, if you are asking for a little life to be breathed back into the state of Tennessee football after what Bill wrote, I don't think you have to worry too much right now. And also, enjoy this and then worry about it in the offseason. You never know what could happen with the transfer market. We'll see how this recruiting class closes out. And I do think Tennessee is continuing to build depth. So I would not say right now, bet the under on Tennessee's win total, no matter what it is next year. Just don't expect too much next year right now. And then the other question actually came from Beth a couple of weeks ago. Beth sent me a message and said that her husband got her tickets for the game this weekend. They are going to Tennessee Vanderbilt on Saturday, and it's going to be her first Tennessee game. And she asked for tips to make the most of a trip to a Tennessee game and noted that she's staying within walking distance of the stadium. And I asked Tennessee fans to send me some messages on your suggestions, and I appreciate that. And uh, a lot of the responses had some similar thoughts. Uh, And it included what to do around the game, including tailgating, try to get to some tailgates beforehand. Circle Park's going to be a really busy place, but 
you know, walk around the campus. If you're within walking distance of the stadium, I'd say walk up and down the campus because a lot of the buildings have been redone. It's really something to see. So that area around Volunteer Boulevard, Circle Park, go check that out. Uh, check out the Strip, which is actually you know, really great for walking, the way that they've redone that. I've got some issues with the driving part up and down Cumberland Avenue, but if you're within walking distance, maybe walk over there. And then some things that you have to do to make sure you get the most of the atmosphere. You have the Vol Walk. It's the final vol walk for these seniors, so I think it's going to be even more charged up. This is a great one. I'd say the season opener and then the final game of the season, those are maybe the best vol walks to attend, and then you have like the Florida game, something like that is always a big deal. The vol walk will be at 145 with the game kicking off at 4 o'clock. So seeing the vol walk, seeing the band beforehand as well as warm-ups before the game, that's something to, to see at Neyland Stadium. Also, you want to make sure you get into the stadium with plenty of time. I have not seen the exact time. I don't know if they'll say that, but they they are going to honor the seniors before the game. So that's something you're going to want to see along with the rest of the team running through the tees. So just make sure you get into the stadium with plenty of time uh, ahead of kickoff to see the seniors being honored and see the uh, the band and the team run through the tee. That's, that's a must if you're going to your first Tennessee game. And then also some spots, maybe if you want to go out to dinner, whatever the case might be, Pete's and Tupelo Honey were passed along for breakfast. Uh, I, you know, I don't want to leave anybody out, but Calhoun's on the River is always a great spot to go to, like the Friday beforehand if you have time. Stock and Barrel is a personal favorite of mine in Market Square. Really, Market Square has a bunch of places. Uh, Gay Street, the Old City. It's pretty impressive how things have grown in the downtown area. I mean, you you can expand out Central Avenue, all that stuff. Uh, happy holler. But uh, yeah, those are the, the key things. Make sure you see the, the tailgating and the atmosphere before the game. Make sure you see the vol walk, uh, see the band beforehand, see the warm-ups, and make sure you see the seniors and the team running through the tee. If you knock those off the checklist, you'll have a good time. It should be a good atmosphere. And you know what? The mood of Tennessee fans is going to be better. I think you'll see more fans out before the game, enjoying the last home game of the season. This is it. We spend eight or nine months of the year talking about the build-up to the start of a season, and then, man, does it go quickly. So three months have passed already. It's incredible, but the season's not over. And think about the last couple of years. The season ended the last week in November, and then you really had nine long months to wait until the next year. You get another month to talk about Tennessee's upcoming bowl game after this game on Saturday. So, Beth, I appreciate you listening each day. I appreciate you sending in that question, and thanks to everybody else who sent in some thoughts. I think a lot of Tennessee fans see it the same way. Vol walk is a staple with what Tennessee does. I think the campus just looks great. So if you have time to walk around, do so. Let's hope the weather holds up as well so that that can make things more enjoyable this upcoming Saturday. Coming up next, I hope you enjoy this. Some Tennessee players talking about their favorite foods for Thanksgiving. And the answers got kind of weird, but also funny. I'll let you hear that coming up next on Locked On Vols, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can listen anywhere, Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, the third-party apps like Himalaya, Stitcher, Overcast. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find Locked On Vols. So players met with the media on Thursday, and one common question that was brought up, I heard Marshall Hughes asking this from WATE, is what are your must-haves on Thanksgiving? And Juwan Jennings gave a very on-brand answer. So I'll let you hear his first. And then Henry Toototo said something that was interesting. Nigel Warrior had a personal note. And then Marquez Callaway uh, really got deep on the subject. But uh, Juwan Jennings, a very on-brand answer here when he was asked what he has to have on his Thanksgiving plate. 
I don't know, man. I love ton of greens with some hot sauce, so I say hot sauce just period. So there you go. Hot sauce. Juwan Jennings, hot sauce, of course. Uh, if he plays his cards right in six weeks, put that out there on social media, get yourself a hot sauce sponsorship. That's my recommendation to Juwan Jennings. Now, Nigel Warrior was asked what he has to have on Thanksgiving, and there's a personal note here. Nigel Warrior, Tennessee senior safety. My must-have is macaroni and cheese. Simple. I don't care about nothing else. Just give me some macaroni and cheese, and I'm good. You got to know how to make it. Macaroni and cheese, fine, man. That's can all you, I Can you cook? Are you good cook? I can, I can cook a little bit. My auntie, my mom, and my grandma, I pay attention to them when they cook. So I can cook a little bit. Uh, I tried to make macaroni and cheese one Christmas. It wasn't the best, but it was all right. It, was all right. it wasn't like theirs, but I mean, I could do a little something in the kitchen. Yeah. What's the secret to making good macaroni and cheese? Love. <laughs> Love. <laughs> Love. Secret ingredient into the mac and cheese from Nigel Warrior and his family? Love. Love that. Now, Henry Tooto, he's a little bit younger. Metabolism obviously works when you listen to his answer here. Freshman linebacker Henry Tooto, his must-have on Thanksgiving. Must-haves. I'm not really a picky guy, but I got to get some chocolate pie and ice cream. That's all I need for Thanksgiving. I'll be good. And some Skittles. And I'll be good. And I'll be good. And some Skittles. The rainbow, the ra original, original. That's all I need. Do they go on top of the ice cream? Yeah, yeah. Go on top is of the ice cream. That, that's a daily thing, or this is specifically Thanksgiving? Skittles, Skittles is a daily thing. I but chocolate. I've always had chocolate pie and ice cream for Thanksgiving. But I look for everybody. Everybody looking. You know, if you guys give me some Skittles, I love you forever. <laughs> I love you forever, forever. All right. So Skittles with the ice cream and the chocolate pie with a trip to the dentist thrown in for freshman Henry Toa Toa. And then Marquez Calloway, the follow-up question that you might be able to hear after he rattles off a few items is, what will you not eat? And that ended up being the story with Marquez Calloway, but he begins by talking about what he will eat on Thanksgiving. Got to get the yams, all right? I'm a big ham guy, not a really big turkey guy, but I'll eat turkey. All right, so we got hams, we got rice, we got collard greens. I don't eat cheese, but... So I'm not going to say mac and cheese. I got to get the cornbread. We're going to dessert. I got to get lemonade, tea, sweet tea. We got to get um, pumpkin pie. No, sweet potato pie, pecan pie, uh, red velvet cake. I love red velvet cake. Um, well, Chris, what don't you eat? <laughs> <laughs> uh, cheese. <laughs> I ain't going to eat no macaroni, but that that's pretty much it. Thing or I, I just don't. So I take it off pizza. Are you serious? Yeah. I order a pizza right. and just take it off. So you're not lactose intolerant? You just don't like cheese? Just so don't you haven't it. had Nigel Warrior's mac and cheese? Oh, no. No. <laughs> Has he offered it up to you? No, nah, because he knows I will eat it. <laughs> you order a cheeseless pizza? No, I order a regular pizza. I just... Then just take the mm -hmm. cheese out. Because it ain't pizza What's if you order a cheeseless pizza. Marquez Calloway. Order the pizza, take the cheese off. He's a crazy person. So, uh, some takes from Tennessee's football players... Unexpected takes, I thought, uh, for Thanksgiving. For the record, got to have turkey. Turkey over ham. Come on, it's not ham day. It's turkey day. Stuffing. Cranberry sauce is a must on the plate. I argue with Will West on this every year, and I will until the end of time. And then got to go pumpkin pie. It's Thanksgiving. Pumpkin pie, but I'm not going to argue pecan, apple, whatever. Enjoy your pie. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. And uh, to close things out, Juwan Jennings has talked often about how thankful he is for the second opportunity that he received to come back to Tennessee after he was dismissed at the end of the 2017 season by 
Brady Hoke and uh, John Curry was the athletic director at the time. He's talked about that a lot and how much he appreciates the fans. So he talked about that heading into his final home game at Neyland Stadium. I, I talked about the vol walk. It's going to be charged up. It's probably going to be emotional for a few of those guys. And Juwan Jennings, I'll bet you're going to see a big smile on his face. He's going to be having a lot of fun. And he talked about the fans, how much they've meant to him, how thankful he's been for the fan support over these last few years. Uh, it means everything. Like I said, uh, without them, uh, you know, it could be the complete opposite. I could, I could not be here right now um, if the fans did not have my back. And like I said, that's why uh, every down I go out there and I get my all because um, I know this, this, um, this sport right here is just it means more than just just me. It, it's, it's a lot of um, things that go into making um, University of Tennessee, and the fans is uh, fan base is one of them. And so, you know, them having my back means the most. Um, and I'm just grateful, you know, to have this opportunity. That's why I'm going to go out here this Saturday, and I'm giving my all. Juwan Jennings, that's something that I think fans have appreciated as well. Thanks so much for being here on Locked on Vols with Thanksgiving coming up. I'll tell you again, I really appreciate you being here. I appreciate all the support of the show, the ratings and the reviews online, and the help spreading the word to other Tennessee fans. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. If you're traveling, be safe as you go wherever you're headed. Enjoy the holiday. I'll be back on Friday with a show to get you ready for the Vanderbilt game on Saturday. Adam Sparks of the Tennessean will be by to provide a little information on Tennessee's upcoming opponent. That's coming up on the next Locked on Vols. Oh!